Yes, sir. You already know what time it is. It's the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 76. to episode number 76 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, a.k.a. DeBron James. And we are back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out here busting their ass, still battling this COVID. And finally, thank you to all the people who are out here using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very, very, very important. Please do not forget your boy, Denzel, has official Bronx Bias podcast merchandise available for purchase. You can visit the website, bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com, B-R-O-N-X, B-I-A-S-P-O-D dot M-Y-S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com. Bronx Bias Pod dot MyShopify dot com. Come check it out. Come fuck with me. I got hoodies on there. I've got t-shirts. I got tote bags. I've got COVID masks and stickers with much, much more to come. Again, I'm an independent potter from the BXMY. And supporting the merch is just one of the best ways to help keep the podcast going the way that it is. You know, I'm not sponsored yet. I don't have no deals as of yet. So just supporting the merch is a great, great, great way to keep the podcast going the way that it is. Um, And again, I understand everyone's financial situations are different. I'm only asking for the support if you can, if you are able to do so. And I truly, truly, 
truly appreciate every single last person who has gone on and supported the merchandise. Thank you guys once again for doing that. And with all of that being said, we are going to have a great, great, great show today. Fully, fully, fully packed. And I'm in an amazing mood. I'm in a tremendous mood. And I am ready to go. So let's get it. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was an amazing, amazing, amazing song by an amazing, amazing artist. And it is called I'm Not a Star by Rick Ross off of the album Teflon Don. And you guys know I'm a huge Rick Ross fan. I'm a big, big, big fan of Rick Ross. Teflon Don is without a question his best album. Rick Ross has had great albums. Port of Miami, Trilla, Deeper Than Rap, God Forgives I Don't, Mastermind, uh, Hood Billionaire, Black Market, Rather You Than Me, Port of Miami too. But Teflon Don is his best album ever. 2010. 2010's Teflon Don. Like it come that's the first song on the album. I'm not a star. He letting you know how he coming. Off that, Freemason is the next song with Jay-Z, Tears of Joy. You got Live Fast and Die Young on there with Kanye. You got MC Hammer with Gucci Mane, Blowing Money Fast, Aston Martin music. Like, yo, Teflon Don is Rick Ross's best album to date. Like, he was just in another, another bag on this shit. Like, and, and I know, you know, a lot of people still love, you know, Deeper Than Rap. You know, even Porter Miami 1. Or God Forgives I Don't when they think of Rick Ross's best. But to me, it's not even a question, dog. I'm not a star, bro, is the bangingest intro on that album. And that is his best album, no question. So shout out to the boss, Rick Ross, for that amazing song. Great way to start the show today. I'm hype. Let's get it. Now it is time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast. It is called... Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is a segment I like to do at the beginning of each show, just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York. So, Without any further ado, your Bronx fact for today is founded in 2007. The Bronx Freedom Fund was the first of its kind effort to disrupt the injustice of cash bail in New York City by posting bail for thousands of low income New Yorkers incarcerated before trial. Through its decade long effort to transform the pretrial justice system in New York, the Bronx Freedom Fund has reunited thousands of families separated by bail while pioneering the revolving bail model as a tool in the fight against mass incarceration and the criminalization of race and poverty. 
For more information on the fund, you can visit the website, thebronxfreedomfund.org. And that is your Bronx Fact for episode number 76. son where'd you find this all right all right today guys we have a very 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 special guest uh man you know what's funny where you work is literally two blocks away from where i live literally literally (laughs) we have a very 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 special guest today on the show guys today we have coach mark rodriguez who is a community advocate a youth basketball coach and a member of the St. Raymond's High School coach basketball coaching staff. Coach Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking some time. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. No problem. No problem. So, Coach, can you tell the people um, where are some of the places that you could be reached if they want to get in contact with you or if they want to learn a little bit more about all the things that you do in the community or all the organizations you're affiliated with? Yeah. Well, I'm... My my Instagram is um just Coach Mark, uh, Coach underscore Mark, and uh, that's on the Instagram. And Facebook is just my whole name, Mark Rodriguez. So that's those are the two I have. And you know I, you'll find me coaching at St. Raymond's, and in the summer I'm all over coaching all over the city with uh my own team and uh, different tournaments and stuff like that. So you know it's right there like that. All right, all right. So, Coach, the way I like to start all my interviews uh, when I talk to people is first, I like to talk about COVID because we just, you know, we're still going through it right now. It's a whole lot of different difficulties with it in mm-hmm. terms of mandates and whatnot, or just even struggling with it. A lot of people have lost people, people have lost their jobs and all things like that. So, the first question I like to ask is how has COVID and the year of 2020 and even into this year, uh-huh. how has that affected you as a coach and how has that affected you personally? Mm, okay um well when it started within what 2020 right mm-hmm. was the beginning probably like march um we were in the, we were actually in our in our season with saint raymond's and uh it was that's the month where we do the city championship playoffs and things like that so it's a big month i because i'm also assistant on jv at, at saint raymond's so we had our same Ra- we were in the city championship same room as JV. And uh we got that game in and we won. So we won the city championship in double overtime against Iona Prep. So it was the first time we won in 15 years, which was great. Yeah. So, but that's when the thing started. It was like a week before. And um the next week was varsity. We got one game in with no fans. And then we were like, okay, so then the next week they shut everything down. So our JV got our championship in, but varsity was cut so i felt bad because of the seniors that were on our team that year didn't get a chance to win a city championship and that was it it just cut and that was it so now we were stuck like wow there's no basketball blah 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 so now the summer comes and i'm like wow we're gonna do nothing so i don't know if you guys are familiar or you're familiar with um hoops in the sun mm-hmm. yeah joe cruz and randy cruz i know them for years I played in the first year, 21 years ago, in the wow. first year they had. So, you know, we're good friends. So we were talking about the summer, but he wasn't sure. So then me and him talked about it. I was like, yo, let's do, let's do a collab with working kids out at the beach just to get them 
doing something. So he was like, that's a good idea. Let's do it. And we just started doing workouts for free at the beach. It was outdoors. So, you know, we had masks, we had hand sanitizer, everything running the COVID. And it was a big success. We had over 100 kids at times. So we wanted to keep the kids involved, you know, because, I mean, listen, staying home doing nothing, that was that was a problem for everybody, especially kids. So with that being said, they, they were coming out. And we were just surprised. We were overwhelmed with so many kids. And it was just a beautiful thing. And we had we had guests come, policemen, to talk to them about what's going on in the community. So, you know, it was a great event all around. And that's what kept us busy, man, doing this COVID thing. So not saying it didn't affect me, but we used it as a positive thing. And it, it was great. It was great. It was a beautiful thing. Yeah, you know, so every time I talk to somebody and I ask them that question, they always saying, like, they used it to help them, you know, do something great, do something yes. positive. So, yeah. you know, artists are coming together, making art just mm -hmm. for, you know, charity and things like that. Or people who sell clothes are making special garments and then proceeds are going to relief. Like I see so many people, yeah. you know, using this situation that is negative and it's very like positive. Right. And turn it into a positive. And that's the, I think that's the best thing about it. Like, yeah. especially here in the Bronx, like I've seen, yeah. So many people like doing things who they even said, like, I never thought I would be doing nothing like that. Mm -hmm. And then the pandemic came around and all of a sudden their whole life purpose yeah. and goals change yeah. and they all using it to help, you know, one another. And that's like the best thing about it. You know, the thing with that is also is when you're always moving in life, you know, you're, you're just doing what you got to do everyday life. When you had that time to sit and think and say, you know, what, what can I do? And that's what helps a lot of people. You had time. Yeah, a lot of don't have time. I mean, it's funny, but it's true. Like me personally, like I, every day I'm coaching, I'm working because I have my regular job. I'm coaching. I have my family. You're not. You don't have time. But when you sit there, and you have time. You you think about a lot of positive things. You know, so it worked out. It worked out. That's great, man. That's great. I'm happy you're able to do that for the kids, man. I'm happy. I'm happy about uh, yeah. that. So we're going to get it started, man. I want to know about you. I want to know about your journey. I want to know about all the things that go into being a youth coach, because it's very important. You know, we watch like your athletes on TV, right? They always say, they always talk about like when they make the Hall of Fame, yeah. they coaches from when they was kids yep, yep. that help them get to the level they are now. So the first question I, I would like to ask you is what inspired you to start your career in coaching? Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's, it's going to sound funny, but it, you know, it, it this was my my thing when I was younger with my mother and stuff I really wanted to be a, a pediatrician right mm -hmm. work with kids being a just that was me like 12 years old like, oh, I want to be a doctor pediatrician so you know going on in life and went to school I went to St. Raymond's High School also um of course I didn't follow that dream but in essence dealing with kids was coaching you know what I'm saying? If you really look, that's what I wanted to do. Just deal with kids. So <clears throat> I just was going. I went to school, went to college. I played college, but I didn't play in high school. So I get to uh, my son. My oldest son is like nine at the time. And we was at St. Luke's Elementary in, on 138th Street. I was living mm -hmm. over there. And they were asking for a coach. They needed a volunteer coach at a math we had and I said oh wow you know maybe I should do it so I said let me go I went up and I took the job because I wanted to work with kids 
it might have been the best thing I did because without knowing it, the kids in that school, unfortunately, a lot of them have single parent homes with no father. Mm-hmm. You know, so I started coaching their varsity, but it was from like sixth, fifth grade to eighth. And uh the kids there were good kids, but they were like street kids. But I that coaching thing molded them into like good young men. You know, it was just something they wanted to look forward to every day. And a lot of them kids from there to this day, they're 24 now, call me and say, coach, man, thank you for everything. I appreciate it. You made me into what I am today. And that's why I do the coaching. It, it's, it doesn't even have to do with wins and losses. It's about teaching these kids about life, you know, because I always say it's bigger than basketball. That's mm-hmm. my thing, you know, and it really is. So I had a kid one day in that in that um team. He had got shot. Wow. During our season, 15 years old, walking to the store. Mm-hmm. And that hurt me so much. Like, I was like, wow, you know, a kid that I, he's a good kid, but I know he still does what he does, but he's a good kid. And he got shot, but he lived. And he was a year in the hospital back and forth. And then, you know. I spoke to him maybe a month ago and he was like, coach, man, he had a baby. He was like, look, I had a baby. He was like, just so happy to speak to me. I hadn't spoke to him in years, but I, you know, that just makes you feel good about coaching, you know? And that's what inspires me. The kids, the kids inspire me that that's all it is, you know? And then I went on to Santa Maria elementary school, right by where we live, you know, over there on uh, uh, Zariga Avenue. Yep. I was coaching there from maybe like five years. We won the state title in fourth grade. Then in eighth grade with my son and two other kids that that I coach in San Rams now, we won the state title again. And that was the first time in the Bronx history that uh, elementary school and Catholic school won state title in the Bronx. So, you know, it's been a long journey. It's been a great journey. And um, it just, and now I'm in San Rams High School where, you know, where there's another level. And that's my alma mater, you know, and it's a beautiful thing, you know, and I love what I'm doing and the kids inspire me. That's what it is. That's great. That's great. And that's so important. Like kids need, it doesn't even necessarily need to be coaches. It just kids need people, positive people around them, adults to show them like what's the right thing to do. What's the wrong thing to do, how to work as a team, how to be selfless, you know, sports in a sense teaches you a lot about life. You You learn how to work as a team. Yes. You learn how to sacrifice something that you're good at for the good of the team. Yep. You learn that, you know, not everything is about you. You learn how to be on time. You learn how oh, to, yeah. you learn so many things from sports. That's what I tell them. That's man. You sound like a coach, man. <laughs> that's a beautiful. No, it's a hundred percent. Right. You're right. That's the way it is. You learn, you learn camaraderie. You learn in a sense, family, you know, mm-hmm. what, it is. I, what I do there is what I do with my family. You know, my son has to be on time with everything. He, you got to support each other. You know, that's what it's about, you know? Right. Right. So how has coaching changed? How has the landscape of coaching changed now from when you first started in the game to now? Because, you know, there's a lot of different types of coaching. They have the trainers, right? They have those certain specialty high schools like IMG or like Spire, like specialty or Oak Hill, specially Uh like designed to just teach kids how to play or help them get to the next level. You got the AAU circuit. So how has the landscape of coaching changed from when you first started to now? 
Well, when I first started, I mean, it's kind of the same, but I, I could go back from before me, before I coach and like coming up, it's a whole different world. You know, it's back in the day when I was playing, it was just, it was only like two AU teams, three AU, Riverside, Gauchos. Uh, I, I couldn't remember any other ones, but those were the two main. Now you got hundreds, you know? Hundreds. So it, it just, from then till now, it's a whole different world. There was no real trainers like that. You had to have a lot of money to tr get trainers, you know? And so you had to work on your own. So that's mm -hmm. why I said, so now coaching the kids is a whole different thing because they expect, oh, we got trainers. We got, they don't want to work as hard. Not all of them, but a lot of them expect, you know, oh, I got a trainer. No, back in the day, you had to work yourself. You had to mm -hmm. get out there in the parks. You had to get your shots up. You had to do a whole lot of things on your own, you know? So now it's just, it's good, but it got as bad to it, you know? Cause now the kids just don't feel like they feel privileged. They feel that they owed something. And, you know, that's not the way it goes. That's not how you get better, you know? And, but the training is great. Don't get me wrong. The training is great. You got trainers out there that are, that are doing a great job with these kids, you know? And it helps because, there's times that you can't get in the gym all the time and you got to train on the side. You go get the work in and you still get your time to get better. So from me starting, it's still kind of the same. It might've got more intense with the, with the training. There wasn't that much training when I started also. So now there's a whole bunch of trainers. You get that wherever, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it, that from when I started still a little bit the same, but it, it, it got, it got more intense with the training and stuff. That was it. Now, do you think, though, as like when you was coming up, you said you had to do a lot of the work on your own. Do you think that makes you a better player when you have to be so self-motivated? Or do you think it's better if you have the trainer to teach you the exact things that you need to do? You know, I, I really think it depends on the player, on the kid, because whether you're self-motivated or not. I mean, what if you're self-motivated, it don't matter who you're with, you know, training, you're going to go hard by yourself. You're going to go hard. So. I think self more being on your own doing it makes you a better player because just mentally it just, I know I got to do what I got to do, but it depends on the player because you can have a player that doesn't work hard, but then when he gets to the training, he's going to work really hard. You know what I'm saying? He might need that. There's kids that really need that and, and that's okay. But I think self-motivated and pushing yourself does make you a little better. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. What what do you think about like so you see how there are certain players now who have who are very talented, right? Yes. But they have glaring flaws, but they're so talented they're able to get by without correcting the flaws. I use an example in the pros. Ben yeah. Simmons. Ben cool. Simmons is one of the best players in the league because yeah. of all the abilities he has. 6'10, yeah. left-handed, yeah, get to the rim, uh, rebound, play defense, get everybody open, run the floor but he mm. can't shoot at all. But he's been so talented for his whole life. Yeah. He hasn't had to work on that. So mm. I'm guessing he just was like, all right, whatever. Exactly. So what do you think about that? Like, I know that in terms of like AAU, you get some of the top recruits. Yeah. So they're going to get you to the top regardless of what they can and cannot do. Yeah. So what do you think about like being so tough on the kids to try to work out their flaws in the game early mm -hmm. so that way they don't get to the NBA and they have situations like that? Yeah. Because some, you know, some guys is probably thinking I'm 17. 
I'm the number one player in the nation. It don't matter if I can't shoot free throws. I'm yeah, gonna get yeah. to Duke and I'm gonna get to the pros. You're right. So You're right. what? How do you? How do you approach that situation where you have somebody who's very talented but maybe doesn't have the best work ethic? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think when it comes to that, that that depends on the the coach itself, right? The relationship you have with that player, because I can't come into a Let's say I'm just coming in. I see this kid. And they say, oh, work out this kid. And I don't have that relationship with him. He's not going to really work. I depend. I think it depends on the relationship you have with the player. So, like, if I have a kid and he that's my kid and he's talented, but I'm telling him, yo, my man, you got to work on your free throw. This ain't going to work. He's going to do it and he's going to work. But you can't just come in because there's coaches that come in and work kids out that are that good. And sometimes they just, like you said. I, I'm number one player. I don't care. I'm going to, I'm going to get this contract, you know, and that's how it goes. And it's sad because you got coaches that are just trying to help you and you want to take it for what it's worth. But a lot of these kids are just spoiled. Like, yo, I'm not working with this dude or I'm not going to work as hard. But if I have a relationship with a kid and I, no matter how good he is, he's going to listen to me because the relationship is there. You know, that's where coaching comes into play a lot too heavy with the relationships you build with these kids, you know? So like that's what that's how I feel. It might not be for every top recruit, but majority is like that, you know. And that's just that's just how it is, man. That's how it is. Mm. So so then like how do you keep the kids motivated to keep playing, to keep working on their games? How do you keep them, you know, even if even if they sort of lose confidence, like you know they're a good player, but you know basketball is about confidence. Yeah. So if they lose confidence, how do you then keep them, keep playing? How do you keep them energized? How do you keep them motivated to continue working? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, Because I go through that a lot with kids that I got. Um, mm-hmm. Confidence is, 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 is tough, you know, because there's the coaching. You have to kind of drop kids mental down. It, it sounds crazy, but to build them back up, you mm-hmm. know, and build them stronger. A lot of times some kids don't come out of that, you know, mm-hmm. so you have to, there's a way you have to kind of, I, I do it with, I give them examples of my life coming up. Like I got cut every year at um, St. Raymond's, you know, I've tried out every year, freshman, JV, Boston, I got cut. And if I would have let that stop me, my confidence would have been, you know, I, I let my, I did go drop confidence wise, but I went to college. I went to Mount St. Vincent and I tried out walk on and I made it. Went to the NCAA Division Three, but it was all the same type of things Division One gets. It just wasn't televised. So I give them examples of my life and like, listen, man, I've been through that. You know, when kids hear that, it helps them. Like, oh man, he's been through that. He's our coach, and look where he's at or what he's doing. It helps with examples of your life because I was there too. And it was you're not the only one, you know. So a lot of these kids feel like they get in this 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 rut and they. I'm the only one. No, you're not. There's plenty of kids that go through that. Look at Michael Jordan. He got cut. What, junior year? Yeah. Look at him. He's best in the world. I, I use that too, you know, but they say, oh, that's Michael Jordan. But he was there the same way you're at now, you know? So I think using examples of yourself or just other people helps these kids like kind of more. And then I pushed them. It's like, yo, man, come on, man. Let's let's go. You're better than that. You know, it's once again, it comes with relationships with coaching and building and trust trust is a big factor in this coaching game and uh and loyalty it's not that much loyalty a lot around but 
some people still got loyalty, you know, and I'm one of them, you know, so it all plays into one part and building these kids up from conf- with their confidence, you know? So how long, how long does it take? Would you say to build trust level with a player? Is it just the younger you get them? If you get them like when they're seven and then you have them to they're like 15 or mm-hmm. is it like, it's just a certain way that you go about teaching them the game that builds that. Um, I think it's both. I think obviously from, you have them from young and all the way that that's just, that's building regular trust, right? You're always around, blah, blah, blah. But, but I also, because I've had kids, I'm being honest, like two years and it's the way I approach me personally, you know, the way I approach these kids, I, I approach them as, even if they have fathers, I approach them as a, as a, like a mentor, you know, and, and maybe they don't have that type of relationship with their father, but a different type. And that's fine. But I just approach it as the same way I will approach my son, you know, and my son knows I, when I coach him, it's coach, not dad, but I, I still build that, that love and that relationship. Cause I treat them like my son. And no matter if I get them a year, I, I've had kids from uh, two years ago that they just, they cling to me. And I think it's just the way you approach certain kids you got you're dealing with different attitudes different personalities so it helps me to learn different kids different personalities you got to approach them differently some kids don't like getting yelled at mm-hmm. you know and you got to pull away from that and kind of go a different route you know what i'm saying and some kids don't mind the yelling so you know it depends who you got but i think it doesn't matter it depends on the coach and how he approaches each kid individually you know mm-hmm. so. i understand that yeah, they say some kids need a pat on the back. Mm. Some kids need a kick in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've yeah. heard that. I've yeah. heard that a lot. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So definitely. How do you? But how do you? How do you f- differentiate what they need? Like, do they show it outwardly? Do they say, "Coach, I can't take that," or do they? Do they show it to you, like in how they play after yeah. you give them a certain type of coaching? Yep, that's exactly right. They show it. Nobody's ever gonna. Well. You got some kids that will say it, but some kids, the kids don't tell me that, but you can tell in their reaction and their, in their play. Like if you're yelling, they're just, they're not giving you nothing. They're not giving you no, no, no uh, effort, no nothing. So you can tell by just looking at their game, looking at how they approach, how their, how their effort is in practice. So, you know, you kind of tell who's who and how to approach certain kids, you know? So that's, that's, that just goes with coaching each individual kid. You'll see it, you know? Okay. All right. That's a, yeah. And it's every, every person is different. So I'd imagine they respond differently to different oh, types yeah. of, yeah. yeah, different types yeah. of coaching. Yeah. All right. So um, my next question I have for you is what were some of the shortcomings that you had to overcome when you first started? Because I would imagine just your first week on the job, it's like, okay, now you have 15 little kids, mm-hmm. right? Because you, you started at the young level, yeah. got a whole bunch of energy. They don't listen or whatever. They just got, they just want to run around. So yeah. what were the more harder things about coaching when you first got into the business? What were some of the more difficult things that it took mm-hmm. you a while to like overcome and learn? Well, like you said, they they were young and uh, unattentive, you know, they, they just all over the place. From the beginning, it was about getting their attention to pay attention, getting them to pay attention to the details of that. Because a lot of these kids over there, when I first started, didn't even never play basketball. Right. I didn't have the best team, trust me, in the beginning. You know, we went 
I think we were four and 16, you know what I'm saying? But that's part of, I knew that was coming, you know, but getting them to learn the basics of basketball. And, and at that age, they don't want to hear none of that. It's quiet and just me talking and do this, walk over here. So getting them to listen and, and understand each detail, because at that age, you got to teach the, the basics. You know, it's not high school level where they already know all that and you just running plays and doing drills. So that was, that was big. But then the following year, we were 16 and four, 18, two or something like that. So, you know, it changed around because they needed that, that guidance. And and, because the coaches before they, I guess they weren't not saying I was better. I'm just saying, I think they didn't know the details of the game. It was just, I just go out there and play. So, I think getting their attention for a two-hour period was big, you know. But once they started winning, that helps them confident, and they're like, oh, all right, this works, you know. So that was it. What are some of the more difficult things about trying to teach the older kids who know the basic fundamentals, you know, they know how to dribble with both hands or run up and down the floor with the the ball. They know how to do layups and jump shots. What are the more difficult things with older kids? Well, the older kids – they know everything according to them. So, you know, it's harder to, and they listen, don't get me wrong, but like, you'll tell them, yo, listen, you have to, you, you shouldn't have passed that ball that way or that. No, but I, they always have an answer, you mm-hmm. know, because of that, like you said, they already know, but they don't know hundred percent. I'm the next level college level. It's a whole different world. Like whatever they know now is going to be, enhanced 10 times and there's other details that we haven't taught them you know what i mean so them knowing thinking they know everything is the problem you know Mm -hmm. but when you got kids that want to win they're gonna listen you know but you know you got the time that they they think they know it but they don't and you got to tell them and keep telling them so you know that that's that's the big thing them thinking they know everything you know (laughs) it's tough (laughs) I would imagine, because you know, you get a seventeen-year-old kid; he's yes. gonna, you know, he's not gonna be as easy to mold as a, oh. you know, seven-year-old kid. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And then, you know, some kids I've seen get messed up with older coaches they had. So, like, if you have a coach who kind of lets you do whatever you want, yes, and then you get one, a new one now who's trying to get you to do a certain thing a certain yeah. way, yeah, you're gonna get a lot of pushback. Oh yeah, that's that happens a lot, you know. But then how do you uh-huh. how do you then overcome that? So if you had all right, I'm let's say I'm the coach of a team, yeah. I have 16-year-old kids, and I just roll the ball out, go ahead, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. We ain't gonna watch no film, we ain't running through <laughs> no cones, we ain't doing yeah, nothing. Yeah. Just go ahead. Yeah. And then I of course get fired, and then you huh. come in, <laughs> yeah. and then now you want to try and introduce a new system. Yeah, how would you then do that with them and break those old habits? Listen, in reality, when that happens, mm-hmm. you use you use the the you gotta be strong, right? And then this has happened. You kick kids out, you mm-hmm. kick them out of practice. You gotta go. You're not listening, you gotta go. And this happened. And I bet you nine times out of ten, the kid comes back and they're ready to go. Because you have to use it's like being a parent, right? Mm-hmm. Punishment takes things away. These kids love this basketball game. So you take that away, 
there's consequences, right? That's the consequence. That's why we do running and, and, and laps and suicides. When you do that, they don't want to run. They don't want to suicide all the time. So they're going to listen like, yo, man, and they're going to tell their teammates. That's how you coach, you know, and I've had kids get out, go home and they leave and they come back and apologize. And now they're working even harder, you know, so you got to build that type of relationship, right? Like we're not taking that. We're here to work and that's it, you know, and that's how, that's how you do that. That's how you do that. All right. Um, so because you with the high school kids, right? And so, yes. so hopefully they have dreams of playing in college, you know, go and get a scholarship. You yes. know, even if they don't make it to the to the pros, they at least get four years or six years of college covered yes. by uh -huh. playing ball. So what are your thoughts on this new name, image, and likeness proposal that allows the college kids mm -hmm. to make money um, while they play ball in college? Man, listen, or any sport in college? About time. <laughs> That's about time. I was you know, thinking the same thing. Yeah, man. Because all these years, man, these colleges are making millions, millions off these kids. Millions. Right? And and they're getting nothing. Nothing. And it's not about like uh money and all. I mean, it is about money. But my thing is, if you got these talented kids, they're giving you the 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 light, the the shine. And because without them, what do you got? They're there because they're talented. You want them in your school and they're getting you the, the, the number one seeds and they deserve to get something, you know? And I, listen, I'm happy they're getting that. Uh, a couple of kids from our school, uh, Malachi Smith went to Dayton. Uh, Dallas went to, a I forgot the name, a, a high division two school. Um, bunch of kids. And now they're, they're starting to reap the benefits of their name or their talent, you know? And, and I think that's a that's a great thing, you know. They should they should, hundred percent. Yeah, because remember, um, because COVID was so bad, they even thought about canceling the tournament and then yes. or the NCA tournament. And then they came out and said, if we cancel the tournament, this is X amount of money we're gonna lose. Yeah. So the reason why you're gonna yeah. make this money is because of the kids who are playing. Without a doubt, so it doesn't make sense for them to just oh yeah. they're a student athlete like. Uh. They're a pro athlete. If you're playing Division One, Division Two, Division Three yes. college ball, yeah. you're a pro athlete because yes. you, if you just go to the local Y, you're gonna yeah. be the best player there. Without a doubt, yeah. Without yeah. a doubt. So, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very happy that these kids are able to make money, and it's gonna incentivize a lot of them to go to school. Yes, because um, yeah, overseas was getting a lot of traction, and then they got the G League now because yeah. kids was like, man, I'm gonna just go to Greece. Skip for school. a year, mm -hmm. make some bread, yeah. play with pros, and then I'm gonna come back. Yep. So now, if you Duke, if you North Carolina, if you another yeah. major college, you could say, "Hey, come here, mm -hmm. get the all the Duke treatment. You get the Duke love or yeah. the North Carolina love, whatever college love. Yeah. Plus, you have the opportunity to send some money back home, make sure yeah. your mom is straight. Yeah. And that's what you want. That's what the kids. Yeah. The point of college is to help them build a better life. Without a doubt, yeah, and that. And I agree with that 100 percent, man. And, and I'm glad it's about time. Like I said, it's about time. Because you know? even sometimes like you see like some kids, they go to college. OK, yeah. I'm going to play hard. I'm going to work my butt off. I'm going to get drafted. And then they yeah. get hurt. So then yes. maybe their career ends. And it's mm -hmm. like they didn't get nothing from the experience. They gave up 18, 19, 20 years of their life for mm -hmm. a dream that they was just this close to getting. And they yes. couldn't get it because and of a freak injury. Yeah. 
So it's great that they're able to just make a little money. Hopefully they yeah. learn about finances and money management. Yeah. And it's great. That's big too, that finance, because a lot of these young kids making all that money, man, and they don't know what to do with it. They don't know what yeah. to do. You know, they got to learn that too, man. I think that should be taught. That should be a class. I don't know if it is, but a class for these big time kids to how to manage their money, man. You know? I agree. Yeah. So I agree. So, um, coach, who would you say, if any, who mm -hmm. are some of your role models in the coaching space? Do you have any coaches that you grew up, maybe some of your coaches or any coaches that you looked at in the pro world or in the college world, anybody that you sort of modeled your coaching style after? Um, modeling my coaching style? No, because I, I just think I just did it. I'm doing it the way I feel like I should be doing it, but I've, I've, from being around basketball all my life and coaching people coaching, I take little things here and there, you know, because you can't just come out of know you learn, of course, as you're growing up, but I don't model because I just, my coaching style is just different. Like I just, I like to push kids, motivate kids. Um, my energy level, like when I finish coaching a game, I tell my wife, well, I feel like I played, you know, because <laughs> I'm so into it. And, you know, so I just think I zone out and I coach, but I take things from like, old um, back in the day in St. Raymond's Gary DeCesa. He was a, he's a big time St. Raymond's coach. I just looked at, he was just so, he used to be on top of kids, like screaming, but not saying the screaming part, but he motivated the kids that way. And, uh, you know, just things like that. You got coaches in the NBA, um, Popovich, the way they respect him, it's just, and they're making this money, but they respect him like they were in high school, you know? And that's what I like. I like the respect factor and, and, and taking what he's saying as important, you know, very important. And he knows what he's talking about. A lot of these NBA players, they don't care what these coaches say. They make all this money, you know? But they listen to Popovich, you know? So, you know, I don't have nobody that I follow as my coach style, but I've taken things here and there, you know? Definitely. Okay. Okay, I think my favorite coach in the league, mm. uh, from from uh, maybe got to be Phil Jackson mm. because Phil Jackson, yeah. was, you know, obviously the championships, but like, yeah, yeah, he was like the anti type of coach. He never would yell, or you never oh. would see it. Yeah, so <laughs> he would just, you know, he would sit there on the sideline and just sit there like this, mm -hmm. watch the game, right, and then yeah. call timeout. He, you never see him doing all this with oh. his hands in the oh. huddle. He's yeah. like mad calm with it, showing yeah. you the X's and O's. And yeah. it, it obviously did something great. Yeah. Won yeah. 11 rings as a coach. What a so I always thought that was like a cool way to coach. Never, ever yeah. yelling or screaming or, you know, yeah. the vein going in yeah. your head. <laughs> <For real. laughs> you just calmly telling the players what they need to do. And then they go do it. Yeah. But that's another, like, he's another one, but that's another respect thing. Like, he don't have to yell. You see it in Phil Jack, he's six. 10, 6, 11, and, you know, the the intimidation factor, you know, so it, it works. I'm 6'4", so a lot of these kids, not too many kids, well, now these kids are bigger than me, but yeah. when I was coming up, they're little kids, they're looking at this big, crazy <laughs> Spanish coach, like, <laughs> what are you, and I'm yelling sometimes, you know, so they, sometimes I don't have to, yell. I just stare, like, and they know, you know, so, like, once again, I'm big on respect and big on the kids uh, respecting you, you know? You give respect, they give it back. 100%. Right, right. 
So coach, what would you say are some of the things that keep you motivated in this space? I would imagine, obviously, it's the kids and seeing them from when they start and then get better and get better and get better, maybe even go to college, things like that. What are some of the things that always keep you locked in and zoned in and wanting to attack the challenge of helping these kids get better? Well, um, locked in is just, I just love it. I love, I love seeing the success in the kids, you know, and, and them wanting to work. I mean, it's cliche, but that's just what it is. You know, it's nothing, it's nothing like big. It's small. Like I, I like the little things, seeing them grow into young men, um, motivate them to want to be something in life. You know, um, once again, it's bigger than basketball. I mean, I like to see them get better, of course, obviously. Um, but them becoming young men, it just is something that I, I, I love in my heart. Like, it's just, that's what motivates me. Um, seeing them successful, coming back and talking about it, like how, to, how, how I help them and, and, and push them. You know, there's a kid now, uh, kid Freddie, he, um, he's 24, just moved in with his girlfriend. He's like, coach, I just want to be what, how you are with your wife, you know? And, and that's not even basketball, you know what I'm saying? So things like that, I mean, think about it. I'm coaching, 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 but he's talking about how I am with my wife and how he wants to be. What, if that don't, if that don't motivate you, man, to keep going, I don't know what does, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's so, great. Yeah, yeah, man. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So, so um, would you say that it's more well, obviously, coaching in general is what you do. That's your that's your life thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. But do you say you get more of a rewarding feeling when you coach the younger kids, or do you get a more rewarding feeling when you coach the older kids? Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, it might I might have the same rewarding feeling for both. Because you get you get different, you know, different actions. Because the kids, when they're young, they they're just so happy like to win and, ah, yeah, and they jumping around and that that makes me happy, you know. But the older kids, when they win, it's like they win and it's personal, you know, and it's and it's it's heartfelt because this is all these years they've been working to get to this point. And when they get to that point, it's like it's rewarding to them. The kids are just having fun, you know, and and the the they're having fun too, don't get me wrong, but they've worked all their life up to now. Like even the scene, like now we have seniors, seven seniors on the team. And uh all it is, they just want to win. And you know, when they start winning and they and they um get to that point, it's just a uh, like a monkey off your back, you know. And the kids, the little kids, it's good too, but it's just having fun being a kid, you know, mm-hmm. it's a different, it's different. You know? Definitely. How do you, um, how do you handle the team after like a big loss? Let's say you go to the state tournament or city championship tournament and you have a big heartbreaking loss. How do you then handle that situation? Cause I know that's difficult. Kids is pouring their heart out into the game. Yeah. A few things don't go their way and then yeah. they end up losing the game. So how do you then as a coach bring the team together and inspire them to keep playing or, just, you know, give it more chances and more opportunities. Yeah. Well, I mean, at that moment in the, in right after that loss, it is definitely hard to even bring anybody together, you know, and the kids don't want to hear anything. If you're in that locker room, you'll just, you just coming a lot. You'll see, you'll feel the, 
the down and everything. So at that moment, it's just telling them it's really much you can't say at that moment. It's what you do after, you know, mm-hmm. like next practice or or the next time you see them, you know, you you kind of bring them together and kind of just talk about the situation and and build them up and practice. Say, listen, man, that's over with. You know, we did it. We lost. That's cool. But let's let's keep moving. Even if it's the last game, some of the kids that are still around, you just got to motivate them for the next time. It's saying, take that loss. Like, you, you, you feel that? You felt that? How does that feel? Bad, right? Let's not feel that again, you know? And that's how you motivate them. Like, that feeling, sometimes a loss really helps you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it pushes you. They don't want to feel that. I don't want to feel that. I've been in championship games that I've cried in the meeting after, like, you know, and I've, you know, teared up and I'm like, it hurts. So imagine them, you know? So I don't want to feel that. So as a coach, I'm like, yo, we're not doing that again. Let's make it happen. You know? So that's how you push that. That hurt feeling is weird, but that's, that's what you use, you know? Use it as motivation to get better. hundred percent. Yep. Yep. How do you keep the players from not getting too like full of themselves after like, let's say you guys go on like a 10 game winning streak. Yeah. You know, the kids is feeling like they're on top of the world, right? Nothing could touch yeah. them. So how do you keep them from falling into bad habits and like, you know, falling out of, you know, not going show, going hard in practice and things like that because they feel like they can't lose? How do you av- avoid those feelings from coming up when you have success? You make them run. <laughs> <laughs> listen, man. Listen. When all else fails, make them run, man. You know, but, you know, because kids, kids, you're right. Kids get all hype and hype but you got to bring it back to reality mm-hmm. yeah this ain't 10 game winning streak ain't nothing it, it, you mm-hmm. can lose 10 straight after that so you know you got to continue the same thing over and over nothing changes you know mm-hmm. like with the jv when we won the city title in 2020 we had a and it's the opposite we had a we started off six and no no actually ain't the opposite six and no and uh we wanted to stay with hype. Huh? We wanted a seven-game losing streak. So I'm the assistant. Uh, Chris Williams is the head coach. And we were just like, what are we doing? Like, how we lose seven straight, you know? And we went into practice, and it was like, are we going to get this right? We're just going to fold. And we just, we just kept practice, running hard, getting in shape. And we won – four straight in the champ you know the playoff run and we won it all and it 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 just you can't go away from what you've been doing regardless of winning streak losing streak everything has to stay in the same lane and that's how you keep it going you know and if the kids want to i'm being serious if the kids want to act funny you got to consequences you're gonna run you know what i'm saying and then that's what it is that's just the game of basketball man okay yeah Cause I, you know, I could imagine like, and any, especially a young person, right? Even because you see it with the pros, it yeah. happens, yeah, yeah. right? It oh, happens yeah. there too. So yeah. I could imagine if you had a fifteen-year-old kid and they're on the team and they win six games straight, yeah. they're just gonna think like, "Yo, we can't lose." So they're exactly. gonna, okay, well, I can't lose. So all right, maybe I don't have to stay after practice and get these shots up because we can't lose. So I, I know that's like hard to keep them. Oh, yeah focused on how to keep them focused and keep them in the same lane like and after coach starts doing that now we good don't worry about just just shoot around 
then that's where, you know, that's why I said the coaching is the, the key to it all. We have to stay focused. So do you, you know, and that, that's how it goes. You know, if your coach is slacking, then what's going to happen? The kids are going to slack, you know, right. So you got to stay the same course. That's it. Right. Definitely. Right. So coach, I want to know um, who are some of your favorite players of the past? You know, even it could be college, it mm. could be high school, it could be pro. Yeah. Who are some of your favorite players to watch back in the day? And then who are some of your favorite players that you're watching right now? Okay. Um, back in the day, I mean, I, I grew up in the 90s. I'm an old head, you know, I'm 45, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I grew up, my, my idol was Larry Bird. Okay, Larry Legend. Larry Bird, yeah, I loved his game. And, you know, he was slow. I was slow coming up. But I had a jump shot crazy. Um, so I... I idolize him, um, Michael Jordan, obviously. Um, I liked um, Dennis Rodman. It's weird because I just like because he worked hard, man. I, I mean, understand as a coach, yeah. I can understand why. Yeah, 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 right. So Dennis Rodman was great. Um, high school, I mean, listen, I'm going to high school. When I was coming up, I was in school with how old are you? If you don't mind me asking, 27. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I grew up with uh, Kareem Reed was my year at mm -hmm. St. Raymond's. Great ball player, Sean Clark. His his motivation playing basketball was so crazy. Like if you get a chance to look it up, Sean Clark, Kareem Reed. Sean Clark is my my boy, and uh, he um he was just unbelievable. Like just coming off when they announced his name, handshakes would be hard. He just hype. That was him. Oh, like KG. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just like that. Just coming up. Oh, boy, let's go. And that was just that was great. And that's how he played, you know, and uh, a whole bunch of players. And um, when I was coming up, um, you had uh, Terrence Rencher, who was a senior when I was a freshman. He went to the Miami Heat and he went out of St. Raymond's. Yeah. Orlando Antigua. He's the assistant coach at uh, Kentucky now. Um, he was a great ball player. It's a whole bunch of players, man. Um, and now. I like Devin Booker. Devin Booker is a great ball player. I like um, Devin Booker. I like uh, KD, man. I mean, six one, seven one guard. I mean, you know, you can't. I love watching him play. You know, and uh, and the young kids that's coming out of that. What's that kid? He just came out the G League. Uh, Jalen Green. Man, listen, that kid is tough. He's nice. You know? So. You know, it's a whole – I can't wait to the NBA start to, to watch them games, man, and see how they do, you know? Yeah. It's going to be good. So that that's just – there's a whole bunch. But, you know, those are the ones that stick out to me right now, you know? That's definitely. Do you agree when they say that players, ball players who are playing right now couldn't survive playing back in the day? Or do you think it's just basketball? Like, they're going to – if they – if you drop KD in 1985, mm. he would be able to compete because it's basketball. Like – or do you, if you drop Larry Bird in 2021, uh -huh. he'll be able to compete. It's bad. Like, I just, yeah. when I hear things like that, it's like always from different types of guys. Yeah. But I just think like, these are basketball players. Mm -hmm. The game is a little different. Like right now they shoot threes a lot. Yeah. A lot of big guys shooting threes. And back yeah. in the day, it wasn't like that. Yeah. But I feel like if you put each player in each time, the game is still the same. Mm. What do you think about that? Do you think there's a real difference or do you think it's just, Whoever you put in wherever time period, they're going to play because that's just what they do. Yeah. Well, I agree with you somewhat. 
I just think certain players can play in any era. Like, mm-hmm. you can't just put anybody. Like, because of the fact that, like, LeBron James, of course, he can play in 90s and all that. KD, yes, because he's skilled. See, Larry Bird putting him in today's game, I don't know. He could shoot, yeah, don't remember, but it was so, it's so fast now. Mm-hmm. It's different. Like, certain kids, dudes can't play in 90s because of the fact that, not that they can't play, they would have a trouble because how physical it was. Mm-hmm. A lot of these players don't like that physical now, you know? It's always, oh, tech and all oh, flagrant <laughs> one. Back in the day, you get hit in your mouth and bust your mouth, it's a foul. Right. Or you know, play on. Or play on, you know? And that's the part I'm thinking about. But definitely, basketball is basketball. So you put a KD, he's going to he's gonna have 20. You got a 7-1 guy shooting threes, handling a rock. Hakeem Olajuwon is going to have to guard him. What's he going to do with him? No, it's true. You know what I'm saying? But just physically, some kids couldn't play in, in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's just reality. Do you think that basketball is was more pure back then, or do you think it's more pure now? Pure meaning what? Pure yeah. meaning is just <clears throat> the skill is going to win out, right? So, pure, like, you know, back in the day, you had Oakley. Right, yeah. you had Anthony Mason, they could yeah, go yeah, in yeah. and put a few elbows on you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? They could yeah. touch you up. Oh, no but doubt. Now it's just like you gotta play. We it's yeah. skill on skill. We taking yeah. that hand check out, we taking the physical yeah. out. Yeah, you gotta put the ball in the hoop. Yeah. Some guys think that the physicality is what make the basketball more pure. Uh-huh. Some guys think it's the skill. Mm-hmm. So do you think that basketball was more pure now, or do you think it was more pure back then? I think it's more pure now. It's more pure now as far as like skill wise. Like, like you said, you had a lot of players back then were just, they were professional because they were bruisers and they mm-hmm. were rebounders and like Dennis Rodman. I mean, he wasn't pure. He was just a, an athlete and he, he played the, he started, I, I saw his story. I think he, he was a working somewhere and someone saw him and told him to go try yeah, out. Go and, try out. And he went to college and like, you know, so Come on, he was working. He wasn't playing no ball. So it wasn't pure. It was just his work ethic. It was his physicalness. He was tall. So, you know, I think it's more pure now. You gotta have skill. You gotta have handle. You gotta you gotta be able to create your own shot. Back in the day, it wasn't like that, you know. I just, I just that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. But like you said, basketball evolves. I mean, it's changed a whole lot, you know. So you gotta adjust. That's what it is, you know. I remember I remember when um what year was it? Oh four. It was the first Phoenix Suns year with Nash. Yes. And they were like, oh, this is the fastest we've ever seen <laughs> guys play. Oh, they yeah. running up the floor so fast, right? Yeah, yeah. You watch the Sacramento Kings against uh who's another the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh-huh, and they all play like that now. Yeah, right? It was only one team doing that back then. Yeah, now yeah. it's every team. Everybody. And that's what it is. Everybody's these kids are just different now, you know. They're athletes. And I mean, well, they were athletes back then, but I mean, these kids are just freak of nature, just going, running, running, running. And that go, like you said, it goes from when they're young. You know, they're starting out young. That's how they're taught. Like we taught to run. You gotta run. That if you slow the game down, that giving the defense time to settle. And and figure out what they could do. When you're doing this, there's no time. So that's what they're taught, you know. 
and he's seven footer shooting threes. My God, you never had that crazy. back in the day. Yeah, Shaq threes. <laughs> never had Shaq shooting. He hit one, I think, maybe or two. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now is whoever's gonna shoot a three. You know, right? But Different. I think though, if you put Shaq now, oh. if you, oh my God, Dominate. it would. <laughs> It'd be worse than what he was doing then. I and think. back then, it was when you were able oh. to be physical, physical. Yes. So he, if you take Shaq and put now, him in now, he's destroying everybody, man. Who's guarding him? I, I, I would love to know who's going to guard him. Nobody. Man, could yes. you imagine? So that's one that, like you said, he'd be in either one. He'd any, yeah, he he yeah. transcend any jump. Yeah. But yeah. you know, maybe Zion could be like that. Like yes. the, yeah, he's you know, another because. one that. He could kind of probably get in back in the nineties, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. That's good. So we're gonna move right along. We got uh -huh. a great segment coming up. This is one of my favorite segments of the show. Uh -huh. Every show I do, yeah. I answer questions from the listeners of the show. It's a great okay. way to keep them involved. It's a great way to keep them listening. Yeah. And it's a great way to make them feel like they're a part of the show. It's mm. not just you and I talking for yeah, an hour. Yeah. Definitely. So what I would like to do with you is have you answer some of the questions from the listeners. To get okay. your opinion on what they would like to know about Coach Mark. Okay. All right. Yeah. So the first question that I have from you for the listeners is, what songs are in your cur your current listening rotation? Mm. <laughs> um, I got. It's funny. I got Drake. Uh, with a uh, future. What's that song? Um, Too sexy. Yeah, I like that song. <laughs> Play that when I'm driving home from work. <laughs> Um, I, I like my son, he's 17, so I listen to a lot of his stuff, like Young Boy and mm -hmm. things like that. Um, and I got because I'll tell you, I'm from the 90s, man, so I have my my old school music with uh Luther Vandross and okay. things like that. So, you know, I got a whole bunch of different music, but right now I'm listening to that Drake album, mm -hmm. it's real nice. And then Meek Mill just came out, so you mm -hmm. know. I'm up to date. I'm with I'm with the young guys. <laughs> you know? That's a good thing, though, because, you know, no. they say being around young people keep you young. That's right? another thing, man. They keep me on my toes, man. Right. Yeah. So they always got the new stuff. They put yes. you on game. Oh, yeah. Learning no, about no. new stuff. You're like, Cold OK, speakers, you know, <laughs> yeah. So that way you can always you never get old. You get yes. older, but you never get old. Oh, you're right. That's that's a great way to put it. Yeah. 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 All right. So the next question I have from you from the listeners is. Uh huh. What is one of your wildest stories from childhood? Oh, okay. Well, I and, and it pertains to basketball too, but I grew up in Parkchester right here. Uh since I was I've been there, I was there 24 years. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I went to college, maybe 21. So we played a lot of basketball out there in the park I'm in the north side. So um we were playing open, you know out there playing ball one day it was mother's day so we playing basketball and the little kids on the court you know and back in the day when you're older the little kids we about to run the full you like yo you got to get off shorty whatever, mm -hmm. whatever and he wasn't listening <laughs> so one of my boys took his ball and threw it into the baseball field <laughs> back there so it was all right so we just start playing so like a half hour later a guy come big guy comes through and he's like yo who threw my nephew's basketball out? And we just playing. We didn't care, you know, because like 30 of us out there. And then he said it again. He pulled out a shotgun oh, wow. and said, who want to die tonight? 
And I said, wow, we all just scattered, like, you know? And, and no, no shots went off, but that was, that might have been the, you said scariest, right? Wildest, yeah. Wildest. <laughs> Ain't no wilder than that. So that was one of the wildest things that happened to me as a kid. I thought you like, what? This was Mother's Day, man. I'll never forget that, man. And I was probably like 16, 16. And, and man, that was so crazy, man. And we just ran out. We met up later that night. was talking about it. It was unbelievable, man. Wow. We're here to talk about it. <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, that was wild, right? That's, that's yeah. wild. Yeah, like, but, you know, it get I mean, I've seen, I you know, you go to the park, you play ball at high school in the gym and everything. You see kids fight. Yeah, you know, fine. you see them wrestling. You yeah, see all that stuff because yeah. basketball get like that. Somebody yeah. gets fouled. They don't call it. They oh, mad. Yeah. But damn, all that. Them, man. And that, and think about it. This is back in the day. We were young, 16. None of that happened really, like shootings in a court once in a blue. Now you see it now, which is sad with these young kids, you know, and a lot of kids that recently got shot from the basketball, we knew them because, you know, we in this basketball world. But, um, that back then that didn't happen. So when he pulled out a shotgun, he pumped it. I said, Oh, boom. We all took off, man. That was so crazy. <laughs> Wildest. That was wild. <laughs> that listener that that listener had that question. That's a good one for you. <laughs> Yo, man. Sheesh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's lucky that you you came up running when you play ball. So that way you can oh, get out of there. Yeah. Fast break I style. I wasn't this big. I wasn't this big. I was a slim dude. <laughs> You got out of that fast break style. You were running like John Wall. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> I was gone, man. I tell you, boy. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. I, I was not expecting to hear I that. know you were. <laughs> but you were sitting there like, all right, all right. Basketball? Nah, shotgun, man. That was crazy. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah. I'm glad you I'm glad you had the yeah. the the stamina and the speed yes. to get out of there. Get out of there, right? <laughs> I'll tell you, man. All right, Coach. And uh, our last question from the listeners today is, yes. uh, what horror story do you have from a job that you have previously had? Oh, previously. I didn't even see mm -hmm. that. Um, a horror story, for me, it was horror because I got hurt. But I used to work in uh, Port Authority. Mm. right? And I was doing the bags, bringing the bags to the buses and all that. And we was on this like little machine that you drive and it has the stuff in the back. Mm -hmm. So I was driving and it somehow I got locked. So I jumped off. But the thing was, it's metal. The whole that whole thing ran over my foot, Ooh. broke my foot. And I said, oh my, it hurt like a, you know what I mean? But that was a horror story because I was done. I mean, and I was playing ball then. And it, it hurt. I was like maybe like 19. Because, I, you know, you get jobs, you want to have some money, you know, and that was that was that was a horror story for me because I don't have too many horror stories, but that was bad because one, I had to be out of work, I, basketball, and I broke my foot, and it was crazy. Man, that's funny though because I I have a, a my mine is not like that mm. when I was, but it's in the same way. So you know, remember some of youth, right? You know, you're yes. fourteen to seventeen, yeah, or yeah. even older than that. Now I think, yeah, you get your little paper, and then you can go yeah. get a summer job. Open papers, yeah. So I got a summer job. I was 15 years old. I got a summer job at Burger King. Mm. It's like, all right, you know, my yeah. job was easy. I just had to wipe off the tables, 
sweep the floor, mop the floor, take the garbage out. Yeah. My mama was making me do that at home. It wasn't nothing to me. <laughs> yeah. So it was one of the last weeks of the, uh, of the program because, you know, some yeah. of you was just for the summer. Yeah. So it was maybe like the last week. Mm-hmm. They come up to me. They're like, Denzel, all right, you know, um, this is the last week of the program. So what we're going to do is we're going to put you in the kitchen. Okay. We're going to have you cook. Oh, man. And I'm like, first of all, I'm like, I asked, I'm like, you know, I'm 15. So, you know, they knew how old I was, but I was like, yeah. am I allowed to be back there? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because I'm young. I'm a minor. If I get hurt, I'm sure it's a problem. Oh, yeah. And they were like, oh, no, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. You're going to be fine. They put me back there. Yeah. They, The person who's going to teach me how to make burgers don't speak English at oh, all. Oh, my God. So I'm asking again. I'm saying, OK, look. I'm not going to say nothing about this. I won't bring it up. If you just let me go, like do what I usually do, but you can't have me back here. And the person to teach me can't speak to me. Yeah. 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 Don't worry about it. You got, all you got to do is watch. (laughs) That's it. Let me tell you something. The Burger King I used to work at was on 86th street and third Avenue. Wow. Okay. Whomever went into that Burger King the summer of 2008, (laughs) I want to say, sorry, Oh, my I want to apologize to you yeah. because I'm sure the burgers that I made and if hopefully they ate, they could have been in the hospital. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they could have gotten food poisoning. Oh, my God. Anything. Because let me tell you, coach, Man. it was the worst food ever. Like ever. And you got to do it fast. That's the thing. It's yeah, fast yeah. food. It's not. I worked at Wendy's. I worked at Wendy's. Take, it's not like, oh, okay. Like You could take your take time and do it like you're at home. Nah. No, you got to be fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, those <laughs> were some of, that was some of the worst food ever. The fries wow. had too much salt because <laughs> I poured <laughs> too much on it. Or I took them out too early. So they were still That's a little frozen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to apologize to anybody well, out there. Yeah, they, they Went to Burger King on 86th Street. And that summer, because that was some of the worst thing. And then at the end of the program, they give you, they say, because you were minor, you could work weekends. Uh It was like, Denzel, if you don't mind, if you want to stay here and work weekends, you can. Like, we want to keep you. Yeah, yeah. Coach, I ran out of there like you ran out of there when the dude had the (laughs) shotgun, okay? I couldn't get out of there fast enough. I I was like, hell, I want to go back to being a kid. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) Going to school, coming home and doing my homework. And that's it, man. That's it, man. And then, you know what my mom said? See, you want to grow up so fast, right? You want to think you've grown. This is what happens when you've grown. Yeah. Yeah. I tell my son all the time, man, be a kid, man. It's true, though. It's true. Enjoy it because Ah, it goes fast. It go fast. Right? Yeah. Yes. As a senior, I can't even believe it, man. Yeah. I can't believe it. You know, so. But it's dope. That's a funny story. <laughs> I'm so sorry to anybody out there. Yeah. Burger King, maybe if you got a few lawsuits. <laughs> hey, man, that's on me. That's <laughs> on me. I'll take the blame yeah. for that. <laughs> that's funny. All right. All right. So, Coach, uh, before we get you out of here, I want to ask yeah. you one final question. Uh-huh. What is one thing? That you would like to leave the listeners with as a great piece of advice, a life mm. jewel, or just something very important that you would like to express um, before we end our interview today. What's one thing that you just want to say something? Maybe it's important. Maybe it's a quote. Um, just mm. something great that you could leave the listeners with um, before we end. Um, I didn't have time to think about that, but off of just my experiences and all that, um, don't 
this goes for all anybody and it goes for life. It's not like I tell you, was it bigger than basketball, right? Um, don't ever give up on what you want to accomplish because of any uh, downfalls or, or like trip ups, you know, always stay on course regardless of what happens because without those trip ups and everything, you don't get success. You need that to kind of like, oh, wow, I need, if everything works perfectly, then you expect that every time, you know, so never give up on whatever you wanted accomplished in life, regardless what happens along the way. That's just, you know, that's the way I've always lived and how I tell my kids. And even at home, I'm talking about my, my real kids and my kids in basketball. Don't give up. You're going to have hard times, but always push yourself. That's it. That's great. That's great. That yeah. is great advice. Spoken like a true coach. Yes, sir. Motivating everybody who listening to the show today. I appreciate yeah, that. Hopefully I motivate you, man. Yes, me too. <laughs> me too. Uh, I'm going to go get some shots up today. Uh, yeah. I'll warm up. <laughs> Don't you give know? up. Man. <laughs> nah, definitely, well, man. Coach, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for making some time for me um, today and you know, giving all the great information out and telling us your story and all the great things you've done with the kids. I want to roll out the red carpet for you again. I would like for you to reiterate your name and yes. all of the places that the people can find you if they're looking for you. Yes. Uh, Coach Mark um, on Instagram is Coach Mark underscore, right? Or Coach underscore Mark. Mm-hmm. And then Facebook, Mark Rodriguez. There's a whole bunch of us on there, Mark Rodriguez, but I have my pitch up there. You'll see it. All right. Great. Yeah. And it is tradition around here mm-hmm. that we allow our guests Yes. To choose a song that we end our podcast with. So, yeah. Coach, the honor is yours. What song would you like to play for the good people out there? Um, let me put put that Jay Z, "City Is Mine." All right, all right, all right. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Coach. Much success to you in the future. Hope you win all the chips. Yes. Hope you get all your kids in the D one. Yeah, man. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on and spending a little time with me today. I really appreciate it. And thank you. Thank you. Same here, man. I appreciate the time. All right. All right, bro. Round of applause for Coach Mark Rodriguez. Round of applause. And last on the docket, let us get into our NFL predictions. So last week, a little bump in the road, a little, a few uh, uh, miscalculations on certain things. My record for the week was nine and seven. Definitely a step down from ten to six week two and eleven and five week three. But that's just how it goes, man. You know, uh, I think that the Giants really surprised me, came out of nowhere and won against the Saints. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting the Jets to win. Uh, I thought the Lions was going to get one off on the Bears. I thought the Rams would beat the Cardinals. I made a lot of miscalculations this week. So now it's the time we got to read. We got to do it big. We got to see if we can get 12 wins this week. I'm trying to get double digits each week. So let's get it started with this week's slate of games. Week five. I'm off to a good start. I got the Thursday night football game right. I predicted that the Rams would beat the Seattle Seahawks. And I was correct. So now let's go down Sunday's slate of games. First game. 
Pittsburgh Steelers and the Denver Broncos. My Steelers, boy, oh boy, it's not looking good. Not looking good. Uh, they played the Green Bay Packers last week, and as I expected, the Green Bay Packers won. The Steelers cannot run the football. The offensive line is hella suspect. Big Ben is old and it shows. The defense has been taxed and now is becoming very injured. I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's looking bad right now. But I do believe in Mike Tomlin. I think that he's the right man for the job. Whether we keep Ben starting or we look elsewhere, Dwayne Haskins or somebody pick up the phone and call Cam Newton. I've been saying it for three weeks now. Somebody pick it up and call him, see if he's, what he's doing, see if he's free. I don't understand what the holdup is, but anyway, whatever they decide to do, I'm still going to support the team, and they're catching a little bit of a break because we don't know whether or not Teddy Bridgewater will play. Um, he had suffered a concussion two weeks ago, so if he's still in concussion protocol, we will play against Drew Locke as a starting quarterback, and I'm much more confident with the Steelers playing against Drew Locke than playing against Teddy Bridgewater because they only scored seven points last week against the Ravens, and they were at home. So if Drew Locke is playing, I'm really, really, really confident um, that the Steelers will win. So with all that being said, I will take my Pittsburgh Steelers to win against the Denver Broncos at home. Try to slow down this losing momentum, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Try to slow that down. We can't be hemorrhaging games like this. We still, we still could be in it high key. So let's go Steelers. I got them to win. Next game is the London game. New York Jets against the Atlanta Falcons in Wembley Stadium in London. The NFL does this a few times every year. Take teams, go to London, try to bring the NFL overseas. Uh, in this game, I have no idea who's going to win because the Atlanta Falcons are hella unreliable and the Jets are super unreliable. Um, but I would say because they have Matt Ryan and a more veteran team, that I will give the edge to the Atlanta Falcons going to London and winning because the Jets... This is going to be new for everyone. The Jets have a rookie quarterback, have a rookie head coach, very young, young players. Um, so they're probably just not going to the travel and everything. They're going to be a little disoriented, in my opinion. So I'm going to give the edge to the Atlanta Falcons and, I, and I'll take them to win that game. Next game, Washington football team and the New Orleans Saints. I don't know what to make of the Saints. Maybe after week one against the Packers, we all thought that Jameis had found it. You know, we thought that he was uh, on an upward trajectory, especially with two uh, with a year and change of tutelage and and mentorship with Drew Brees and Sean Payton. We thought that he was ready to take the reins. I, at least I did. But it doesn't appear that way. You know, I think that they're struggling more than I thought that they would. I thought that Jameis was the answer. I really did. And um, I'm not sure about that. So with all that being said, and the Washington had a great win last week against uh, who the Washington win against Atlanta, a comeback win where Atlanta had the lead and Washington came back and won. Taylor Heineke has proven that he can play. He's not obviously a superstar quarterback, but he's very serviceable. And I believe that the team responds very positively to him. Very good influence on the team. Very, and he's a veteran. He's 28 years old. Um, so I will give the edge to Washington in this game. And I think they'll win two in a row. I will take Washington to win this game. Next game, Green Bay Packers and the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, this is going to be a very good game, very offense-laden game. I could predict this being a 34-27 to 27 type score, 31-30, very high-scoring game. Um, but you know I'm riding with my man A.A. Ron, Aaron Rodgers. That's my guy-guy. 
other than Big Ben. That's my guy. So I, I got the Green Bay Packers going to Cincinnati and winning. Next game, Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings. I bet the Lions, well, not bet, but I took them to win last week against the Chicago Bears. I thought that they would get it done because they played really hard and they had some really bad luck or ran into some really stiff competition, but they have played very well, at least played very hard, and I thought they would win against Chicago. Given that Matt Nagy, you know, and all the BS he did with Justin Fields against the Browns, I thought that they would win against I thought that the Lions would win against the Bears, but the Bears clearly changed their entire game plan and made one proper to this quarterback that they had, which is what they been should have did. And they announced that Justin Fields was going to be the starter uh, for the rest of the season, bar an injury. So now it seems like they're fully turning the page into the Justin Fields era, which is what he deserved. So again, that was a miscalculation on my point, on my part, picking the Detroit Lions to win. So that's my bad and i think it doesn't get better for them i will take the minnesota vikings to win this game next game tennessee titans and the jacksonville jaguars the jacksonville jaguars have made a mistake urban meyer is not the man for the job it appears you know and i kind of i kind of feel bad for him to be honest you know college coaches always have a bad rap coming into the nfl because they don't think that college coaches can coach nfl players the same way because in college you have a lot more authority you have a lot more like gravitas you're the man man you know because these are 19 year old 20 year old kids who just trying to make it so they'll do anything that you say because they want to keep playing keep their eligibility so they can make it to the next level you have a lot of power in college as a coach in the pros not only do you have less power more powers to the players but the you're playing against great coaches and players every week this is the nfl when you when urban was the coach of florida and ohio state and bowling green and utah you get some tomato cans on the schedule like citadel and like troy and abilene christian and appalachia state you know you get tomato cans you let your players beat up on them urban winning games 57 to 0 65 to 0 you know what i'm saying but in the pros it's a way different ball game brother you wait you you look like you in over your head my brother and make things worse you out you stay a little extra time in ohio because you got a little restaurant cameras is always out and rolling you know better somebody caught him on a camera getting a little lappy lap a little lappy dance from a shorty that was not his wife my boy's in hot water it's not looking good there's still time for you urban you could take that usc job and get rid of this headache because clearly you cannot handle the NFL. And it's okay. It's okay. Not every coach is built to handle the pro level. Just like not every player is built to play in the pro level. So, I think that Tennessee is going to go in and stomp Jacksonville. Especially after losing to the Jets last week. I just think that Tennessee is going to go in. They'll probably try to win it like... 41 to 14 or some shit like that i think that tennessee is going to go in there and stomp jacksonville honestly so i got tennessee to win that game next game philadelphia eagles and the carolina panthers panthers had a uh they were competitive but they lost to the cowboys the cowboys were a better team at the time but they went out and got two new cornerbacks because starters was hurt jc horn their outstanding rookie broke his foot i believe he's going to be out for the rest of the season or for a large chunk so they went out and got C.J. Henderson from the Jaguars, and they acquired Stephon Gilmore from the New England Patriots. 
So they're looking to bounce back. They're looking to win right now, and I like that approach. I think it's very good for a semi-young team. That the organization is showing them that they want to win right now. So I think that they'll carry that into that game, and I think they will beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Next game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Miami Dolphins. I was very, very happy last week that Tom Brady got that win against his old team just because of who he is. Like, you know, I'm a Steelers fan. Tom Brady has kicked the shit out of the Steelers ever since I've watched football, ever since. Like, Tom Brady has routinely kicked the Steelers' asses, but I really have no reason to dislike him. He's the greatest quarterback ever. I love football. (laughs) So I'm never going to sit here and try to hate, like, This dude is the greatest quarterback ever. You know, I have no issue with saying that as a Steelers fan. And so I was very, very happy that he went into Foxborough. It was an ugly game. Ugly, ugly game. But he went in there and he got the W. I was very happy for that. And I think that their winning ways will continue playing against Miami. I got Tampa Bay to win this game. Next game, New England Patriots and the Houston Texans. I got the New England Patriots on that. Next game, Cleveland Browns and the L.A. Chargers. It was revealed... That Baker Mayfield has a torn shoulder labrum. And I think that that is going to really be a detriment to the team. They're going to have to be more run reliant. So Odell's going to suffer with that. And, you know, you already know how unproductive generally he has been in Cleveland. I think that's not great. And I think that the Chargers are here and not here to play. I picked wrong last week. I thought that the Chargers would lose to the Raiders, but they did not. They're coming off two great wins back-to-back, and I think that the momentum will continue that the Chargers will beat the Cleveland Browns. Next game, Chicago Bears and the Las Vegas Raiders. I will take the Las Vegas Raiders. Next game, Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers. Right now, Kyler Murray is the MVP front runner. He is playing like Matt. He's playing real-life football like it's Madden, like he's playing Madden. He is balling out of control. I think that uh, Arizona will go beat San Francisco. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, was hurt with a calf injury. So they are going to start their rookie, Trey Lance. And I don't think it's going to go that well for him. I think that Arizona will win this game. Next game, Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. The Giants surprised me last week beating the Saints, but I do not think that they will beat the Cowboys. Especially playing at home, I think Ezekiel Elliott has found it, refound that juice, that fire. Tony Pollard's a great addition. The defense is playing very, very good football. Shout out to, uh, what's his name, Diggs? I think it's Trayvon Diggs. I hope I'm not saying his name wrong. Cornerback for the Cowboys, leading the league in interceptions. The linebacker, Micah Parsons, is a game changer. They're playing very, very good football. I think that the Cowboys will win this game. Next game, Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. This will probably be the best game of the week. The Chiefs coming off a a suspect win against the Philadelphia Eagles. Their defense is shot. I don't know why they haven't made any moves to try to bolster their defense. Their defense is like a revolving door right now. Teams are running up the score on them, and then they're putting extra pressure on the offense to be productive. Buffalo Bills are going to be one of their toughest tests of the year. Buffalo is a very, very, very good team. Very good team. And I don't know, man. This is going to be a very difficult game for me. Right now, the line is Kansas City favored by three points. I don't even know, man, if that's a good 
Good line. I don't know what to do. Generally speaking, you just don't go against Patrick Mahomes. Especially playing, you know, the Sunday night game at home. But it's like, dang, Buffalo's playing really well. You know what, though? I'm, I'm going to still rock with the Chiefs. I'm going to rock with the Chiefs still. I think that the Chiefs will do enough to win this game. I'll take the Chiefs to win. The Monday Night Football game is the Indianapolis Colts and the Baltimore Ravens. And I will take that boy Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens to win that. And to get a head start on week six, uh, it is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles playing on Thursday Night Football. And I will take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win that game. Let's see if I have a better week this week. Nine and seven is not what I like to see. I don't like putting those numbers on the board. I like bringing double digits out here. So let's see if I do a little better. Uh, with the picks this week and again bet at your own risk i'm just a regular regular dude from the bxny if you taking what i'm saying about football hella seriously and placing money down if you lose money trust and believe that denzel will not help you recoup and that is my nfl predictions for week number five and that guys will wrap it up episode number 76 of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel. I want to say thank you once again to Coach Mark Rodriguez of St. Raymond's High School for stopping by, hanging out with me, doing a, uh, making some time for me on the podcast today. Did a great job. I was very happy with you know our conversation. Big, big love and much appreciation to him. Um, thank you guys to everyone who tunes in, who likes, subscribes, shares, and supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on social media. I truly, truly appreciate you guys' love and support. Please do not forget your boy Denzel is selling official Bronx Bias Podcast merchandise. You can visit the website bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com. Got hoodies, t-shirts, tote bags, COVID masks, stickers, much, much more to come. The uh, support in the merch is just a great, great, great way to keep the podcast going the way that it is because I'm an independent potter from the BXMY. Um, And I'm going to fade you guys out today with a great, great, great song. And it is Coach Mark's Choice. It is called The City Is Mine by Jay-Z off of the album In My Lifetime Volume 1. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode number 76. Have a great week. Have a great weekend out there. Be safe. And I will speak to you guys next week. We are out.
wasted. Asking my dog for advice, and when he can't say shit, my hatred is you. Just give me a sign, and I let the world know that the city is mine. Just seeking your find. I'm like a brain in the voice box. I speak my mind. About to redefine rap, mommy. Either I'm the illest nigga doing it or these niggas is losing it. I read an article that said I was growing and shit. But every time I look, I'm moving units and quick. So I'ma hit y'all with these last two and split. And leave niggas with nothing but my influences. So just a jigger. I ain't mad yet. Bite my shit. So half of what I sell, cause it's not quite my shit. I'm the type to buy a rollie and just ice my shit. On the spot, fuck coming back twice the shit. How good is that? My floor's game, still intact. Boss game, you lame dudes can't feel that. Like the first dude to cop the 850 and 89 and drove it up to 55th. The city is mine. Had it locked till I came in the club Take six, now a chick cause you swore she was innocent Got her a Chinese manicure, hair done by Dominican Lord for what? Why could be in the dark corner, all in the bud at the bar Alcohol in the up I represent the lifestyle of those who thirst cream Buck 50 a shot, Louis the dirt team Jay-Z, Rockefeller, yo, know the name I ain't a player, get it right, I'm controlling the game From now until they blow holes in my frame I'ma stand firm, holding my aim, feel me? I'm the focal point like Biggie and his crime on the low Oh, the city is mine. Too long to the city.